Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next Sound Off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. And today with me, we are going to talk about the art of networking with Heidi Torres. Heidi, how are you doing today? Doing fabulous. Thank you, Julie, for having me on your show. Oh, my pleasure. So let's tell the audience, who is Heidi Torres and how did you get your start and what do you do? That's a lot. I know. <laughs> um, so I am a HR professional now, but I started out in, in sales and kind of worked my way into becoming an HR supervisor for a, a retailer. And this is how the role was kind of pitched to me. Mm-hmm. You can get to source everyone for all the departments. You will onboard and train all the new employees. You can create schedules and be that resource to make employees successful. Mm. That spoke to me right there. That that spoke to me, yeah. all of that, right? I'm like, okay, sign me up. I want to, yes, yes, I'm going to do that. Uh-huh. But uh, once I got into it and I did love it, mind mm-hmm. you, I did want to expand and go outside the, just the retail side of things. Right. And after doing some research, I found out you need to, or you should, not that you need to, but someone with my lack of HR whole background, I needed a degree. Um, I needed to become SHRM CP, or at least that was recommended, right? Yeah. Um, and then when I was in school, went back to get my degree, they said, you need to go network because it's super sad that a HR person only knows 42 people on LinkedIn. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Fix that. <laughs> so, but you know, they didn't teach you in school how to network or anything right. like that. And I, I did. I, I went full board into it and have met and continue to meet some amazing people um, through networking. And the, the pandemic hit. <laughs> I, and so, um, networking changed and, and really how we do HR, right. It, it, a lot yes. of it changed. It did. Um, so all that and um, the pandemic, I thought, well, I can still help people. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I did write a book to, to help people, you know, hopefully enjoy networking, but at right. least know how to network. Um, I started different little programs like, uh, HR Heidi heads up uh, and HR Heidi highlights for to, to spotlight and help people and transition. Okay. Um, and then I worked as an HR generalist uh, and loved it. Absolutely loved that. Um, mm-hmm. I did HR internships, fantastic companies that I worked with there. Uh, and now. And oh, now. Drum roll. <laughs> So now it's kind of interesting. I'm kind of um, essentially an executive recruiter for Connect Recruiting. Okay. Um, and I still do 
speeches and presentations um, mm-hmm. on networking and, and connecting people um, all over the place. So that's kind of leading to that. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you've had quite a journey um, in your HR career so far, correct? Yes. That yes. sounds like a lot. And but still enjoying amazing. it. Yes, that's amazing. So what, let me just ask you quickly, because as I was listening to you share your story, it kind of like piqued my interest. You said that you were, you spent time as an HR generalist, but now your focus is mainly recruiting. So how did you figure out like what you liked out of um, all the things that we do as HR generalists um, to then be able to narrow it down to recruiting? And this is what you're going to do, recruit. Well, well, honestly, um, so when I was HR generalist, the role there, the, the company I was working with, it was still in different phases. And so I moved on to recruiting really to expand my experience, mm-hmm. not really to um, limit or anything. I just really wanted to learn more about more. it. Right? Mm-hmm. I felt like it would help me more from the job seeker side, yeah. how to, to really help people land that. Mm-hmm. I still love all the other parts of HR. I mean, I love employee relations. Um, I, I actually, ha- I was telling someone earlier today, I actually really enjoy open enrollment season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. Um, I, you know, helping people pick and choose or more from, from the employee side to help and pick uh-huh. and choose for them to choose. Right. Um, and then get them actually into the system and, and finding out what's best for them. Mm-hmm. Love that. I mean, right. that was actually one of my favorite times on that. Mm-hmm. So really this role here, I don't know how far I will continue on the rec- whole recruiting side. I do right. enjoy it. Um, but it was really to learn more about it. Yes. Right? Yes. Just to yes. understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been the hiring manager. So now understanding the other side because I realize they don't talk to each other sometimes like hiring exactly. managers or recruiters don't necessarily or even the other managers out, uh, within the company don't really necessarily talk to the hiring manager yes. and the recruiter right um so learning those different components and connecting and the dots yeah together. awesome yeah and you raise a really good point because I think when I think about like, let's say the medical profession, if you decide that you're going to be a general practitioner, you touch every aspect of the medical profession, right? So you go through different rotations. And I think that that's a really good way for HR professionals to kind of like get a solid footing of like what every piece of our profession is. Cause we are, we are almost like for very much like first responders of the organization. And if you think about us as in that medical practitioner phase like being able to touch every single facet of our function really is important if we want to be a great generalist then we should really aim to do that so that's a really great way to get your feet in to each aspect and learn more and I, and I think even as you go up, you know, the HR manager and the directors and CHRO, I mean, they oversee all of that, right? They are, yes. they are all of that. And so you need to have that expertise 
um, a little bit of all over and then be able to work it together. So yeah. that was that was important for me to try and learn all the different pieces. Yeah, I definitely agree with that 100%. And I would definitely advise like anyone listening to this episode today, if you are like trying to figure out or navigate yourself as an HR generalist, try to touch a little bit of everything so that you get a better understanding of like what it takes to do what you do and bring the joy the knowledge, the experience that you bring to the workplace um, more makes you more well-rounded. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Great. So you raised this point, which I think is a very big sticking point for, for, for me in particular, and I guess for you in some ways, um, of networking. Uh, it's something that I don't do very well, <laughs> um, and I've struggled with it for most of my life as an introvert, as a socially awkward person, like it's something that I struggle with quite a bit. What brought you to the point where you decided, look, I think that I could write this really great book that is going to help people to be able to network better? Well, kind of that adage, if people keep asking you the same thing over and over, maybe you should do something about it. Yes. Um, when I was went back to school, mm-hmm. I did start networking. I went to all these different events and then I, I joined, obviously I joined SHRM and the student chapter SHRM. And then I went out and joined the local uh, community uh, chapter, uh, professional SHRMs chapters right. mm-hmm. and went to all their different events, went to their educational events, even before I became SHRM certified. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted right. to learn from other people and uh, Dallas HR, which here is one of the local chapters and actually one of the mega SHRM chapters uh, for local ones because it's over a thousand members, but they actually had a mentorship program, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so immediately jumped on that, right? right. But I want to be paired up with a, a, an HR professional that was higher up and right. learn from their experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and see how I can adapt or learn that way. But through all of that, I, I went through a lot of, I'm an introvert too. So like you, I'm an introvert too. And I did some faux pas, right? there. I went through a lot of different networking faux pas, uh-huh. but then I improved. And then when the pandemic hit, I really started researching and we actually had a lot of time because most of us were remote working at, from home at right, the very right. least. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to take the Zoom calls um, and the Teams and the Slack calls and stuff like that. And I reached out to people and I just started interviewing. I started mm-hmm. interviewing people who were much better at networking than me. Right. <laughs> right. And for all different levels of companies and, and how did they do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started just researching and pulling that together because I wanted people to know that if I could grow my network, that you could too, because yes. I, I'm by all means mm-hmm. a socially awkward person too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if I could do it, you could do it. But I also wanted you to learn the lessons from the people who have been doing it. Right. right? I had thousands and thousands of, mm. of connections. Um, and what were they doing? Yes. And, and essentially what they all had in common was that it wasn't a sales approach. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, let me sell you a product. It wasn't right. at that at all. And I think that's a lot of people dread because they mm-hmm. think that's what's going to happen. Yeah to how can I help you? That was more the approach that almost everyone I talked to was how could they help someone else? Mm-hmm. That was the common theme. They wanted to help someone else. Yeah. 
right? Um, and and the byproduct of that was that their networks grew because they were helping so many people. Yeah. So uh, that, that spoke to me <laughs> and I wanted to share that. Yes. So, so take us into your book. Tell us like what we'll find or what experience we'll have when we start to read your book. Maybe let me, let me rephrase that a little bit. Who is your book for? Well, I do actually dedicate a whole chapter for introverts like us. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> My, but the target reader, I would honestly say, are those who are new to networking, mm-hmm. right? Or want to learn a different approach from what they think networking might be. Right. And those who are new to career, right? Or, mm-hmm. or students that are reaching into their early parts of the degree or transitioning to a new career. Yes. Those who are my, my target audiences, because mm-hmm. I think they will get the most benefit mm-hmm. and servant leaders, quite frankly, servant leaders are, are, are the key part, because if you are naturally a servant leader, then you're going to resonate with my book mm-hmm. because it's all about taking the opportunities of serving others to, to grow your network, to advance, um, taking those opportunities will yeah. help you advance your career. Yeah. Right. And recognizing it. I think a lot of people think volunteering takes so much time or is mm-hmm. too much time. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really just not true. Yeah. Um, you know, you can help others and help yourself all at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I really love that you've taken the time to write this book, because again, I think that when we're talking about entering the world of work and when we put theory and practice together, I one of the things that we definitely have not been taught is the art of networking and understanding and valuing networking. I think that for most people, they feel like it's a given that if you went to school, you had to make friends. And so it is some form of networking, right? But when you're networking from a professional capacity, if you look at it from the perspective that, yes, you're trying to build friendships and you're trying to build community, then it can be a lot easier for you to do that. But if you're looking at it from the perspective of you're trying to create affiliations and you're trying to create potential opportunities for partnerships and things like that, networking can seem a bit more daunting. So what is the difference? That's a great question. And I would say the difference there is there's really not much difference except really how you perceive it. Yes. Um, and that's the biggest part is I think when we meet someone or like to be a friend, we don't actually say I'm going to meet someone. So to be their friend. Right. I mean, it just it's, it's a byproduct of kind of what happens when you start learning about the other person or yes. wanting to learn about the other person. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes the same with, with networking and friendship would tie hand in hand. Yes. Now, drawing the line, I guess, is so to speak, is right, is there are some people you only want to deal with professionally. Right. And then there are people you don't want to deal with, you know, in your professional world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to be your, you know, they're going to be your, friend, your, your true best friends and, and uh-huh. your and your family, but they're not going to really go into both sides. Yes, but sometimes one can help out the other, and and this is where that like what I call net friendships kind of blur together. Yeah. So you want to treat both people, both groups of people, with respect, right? Mm-hmm want to be helpful to both groups of people mm-hmm. um, and, and, and build that relationship of trust because yeah. it all really comes down to the, the exactly. trust factor. The trust, right? yes. 
you know, we we hear you do business with people that you like, you like trust. and trust. Yep. And and so same thing with your, I mean, your friends, your friends are going to like, know and trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, so building that relationship first. Now, as you go, you can set boundaries. And I actually had some wonderful um, friends that we, we met professionally first, became friends, and then we ended up working again professionally mm-hmm. even afterwards. But there were still boundaries set. Right. Right. For example, one of my friends in San Antonio, we met professionally. I got promoted to a different location. Um, a, within the same company Mm -hmm. and she wanted to work for me. She wanted to work for me um, in that setting. And I had to make a really clear decision on how I was going to handle this. She was a good employee. Mm -hmm. She was a really good friend. And so my decision was this, I was going to interview her just like everyone else. Right. Um, Ultimately, yes, she did pass the interview because she was a good employee. When I hired her, I made it very clear Mm -hmm. that I was going to treat her with the same respect as everyone else in my team. Right. Right. But that meant no favoritism. Yes. And and I I set all these expectations way in advance. It Mm -hmm. was like right before everything went wrong. And she had to agree to this. And then work was work. Mm -hmm. And out of sight work was out of work. Yeah. It didn't we didn't talk about one or the other exactly mm-hmm. and um i remember a long story longer right i remember when i was promoted to even another location outside of that and they were doing a farewell party for me and my um replacement was mm-hmm. not my best friend was not my friend she was at the party and then uh, my friend was at the party and we were all talking and she's like oh my gosh i had no idea y'all knew each other outside of work and I said, I'll take that as a compliment. compliment. Yes. You, that means you did it. You got it right. Yeah. And then yeah. she was like, well, why didn't you hire or choose her to replace you? And I'm like, uh-huh. because she's not as qualified as you. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, the one I person I chose was the best qualified to replace me. Exactly. Not because she was my friend. Right. <laughs> right. So. I get it. That's good. So when we get it right, then we really can have the best of both worlds. We will return to my interview in a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, Ability CBT. Ability CBT is an internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy program designed to provide effective mental health care to people dealing with a variety of concerns, including anxiety, depression, trauma, and grief, and more. The program is guided by experienced therapists who are there to help you understand and navigate your mental health concerns and build long-lasting coping skills. Accessible from any device at any time, Ability CBT is delivered through a secure digital platform to combine the benefits of in-person therapy with the convenience of virtual access to fast, easy and effective support. Ability CBT offers a targeted program to help address mental health concerns related to the uniquely challenging aspects of pandemics, including uncertainty, isolation, burnout, caring for family and community members, information overload and stress management. Ability CBT can be accessed online at myicbt.com or by downloading the Ability CBT app from the Google Play or App Store. 
you deserve to feel better. We now return to our interview. I want to ask you this question. When it comes to networking via social media, um, through LinkedIn, obviously COVID has forced us to find different ways to network and um, build our relationships with, with other people. What are some of the recommendations that you would make to new upcoming people entering the workforce about how they make those connections, especially on LinkedIn? I see so many people get this wrong. What advice do you have for them? <laughs> So I, it's funny you say that. So I give presentations on this all the time um, and workshops. But one thing first is you want to set a, set your profile up to represent truly what you want to people to know, right? So when you set your profile up, it should be a clear message of mm-hmm. what industry you're in. It should be um, you, headline speaks to I would say your current role or the curl, the role you want to be in. Right. And what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Then you go through and you want to show, highlight all the experiences and accomplishments that you've done that applies to really who you are or what you want to be. Yeah. That engaging with the people on LinkedIn. Um, and I really want to be very clear about this. LinkedIn yeah. is not a dating. <laughs> Please. Could you say that again? Like for the people that way, way, way in the back that just don't seem to get this. LinkedIn is not a dating format. No. Right? We don't, and, and, and I apologize to any creepers out there, but we don't need creepers. Are you apologizing to the creepers, man? I, I, well, <laughs> I know. There have been, I, and, and for, unfortunately, it's women that really seem to get the brunt of this. Yes. Where... People will come um, dropping your DMs with a hi. Come on. It has no. nothing to do with any relationship. Immediately asking if you're married and, mm. and does it really matter? I'm like, mm. really? <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> shut that down well. now. Um, <laughs> save that for match.com or, or, yep. or something. I don't know. Anyway, save that for that. LinkedIn is not that. LinkedIn is about making those professional connections. It yeah. is about growing your business mm-hmm. um, and helping each other professionally mm-hmm. in those in those realms. Yeah. Right. Sharing that information. Um, and I encourage. So share your fellow professionals um, post. Yeah. You know, comment them. Comment on them in a positive way how it impacts you. Mm-hmm. Um, we we like will like and will support different yes. likes, right? And it gets recognized. Mm-hmm. I mean, who does it? It shares, it gets recognized. Yeah. I tell job seekers to do this kind of thing, especially with the, the companies they want to target, yes. right? Start learning about those companies. If mm-hmm. you don't already know, mm-hmm. you can use LinkedIn to see who works there, you know, reach out, see what they're interested in, mm-hmm. what is going, what's new with that, yes. right? Yes. Like it, share it, spread the word, spread the joy of that, of why you're really interested, right? And do it from a very genuine spot. Share the joy of why you're really interested in that. Mm -hmm. And that in itself um, shows, right? It shows genuineness too. And then we want to know, oh, well, well, Julie liked my thing. So maybe I want to learn a little more about Julie, (laughs) right? Right. And it, and it, it helps. I mean, 
when you get your message out there and it should be consistent though, right? Your, your persona should be, your branding should all be very consistent. So yes, we're on LinkedIn, but recruiters and hiring managers are going to look at your other formats. We're going to look at your Facebook. We're going to look at Instagram, Twitter, and we want to see the same message. Yep. We want to know who you are. We want to know that it's consistently that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if if you're fake on one, then there means it's not resonating, right? Exactly untruthful about that. So you want yes. to have the same consistency on all of that. Yeah. Um, and when you interact, right, how you interact on your, on your social media represents you. Mm-hmm. And so that's very important that you get, that you share the right message on that too. Yes. Um, but yeah, liking, commenting, posting, and, and I do a little thing of have Google um, send me alerts of different companies that I'm interested in. Yes. Right. Or, or industry trends that I want to know about. Yes. Um, and I'll share it. I'll reshare those, you know, reshare those posts and reshare that message. And it's an easier way to um, come up with content. <laughs> it is right? way easier, way easier. And that could be like a whole other podcast episode. Trust me. I know like talking about LinkedIn can be a whole episode on its own. Talking about social media and how you represent yourself on social media, a whole other podcast on its own. So yeah, I know like having these conversations, I love, love, love sharing perspectives but there's so much to learn so the ceos of networking is the name of your book yes yes and tell the beautiful people listening to this show where they can find your book oh well you can definitely find it on amazon uh, barnes and noble and kobo nice i'm on on all those different platforms definitely you can buy the ebook the paperback are available now my hardcover well, coming out right around um, the last week of uh, this month, actually. <laughs> ah, okay. Great, great. Um, Are you using the beta in um, Amazon KDB? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The art of experimentation. <laughs> uh, well, New Degree Publish actually did publish my book. And so that makes uh-huh. it available. But I am, my audiobook also will be available in the springtime. Nice. Wonderful. So you heard it, everyone, the CEOs of networking, where you can find it, go check it out. I'm sure that you're going to love it. And be sure to reach out to Heidi on LinkedIn. I'm sure she'd love to connect with you and network with you. (laughs) Um, Heidi, so tell us, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think that our audience would enjoy? So obviously, besides HR Sound Off, some of my other favorite podcasts are Better Call Daddy mm-hmm. with uh, Rena Friedman Watts, uh, Leaders and Loggers with Kevin, Kevin Dawson, Life in the Leadership Lane mm. by Bruce of HR, which I affectionately call him the, uh, well, Bruce Waller, the Bruce of HR. I call him yeah. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he's just an amazing person. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of... Toward the branding side, Marketing Mambo with Terry Mc, uh, McDougall is amazing. Nice. This past year, I have read, and I, I don't know if you've read it, uh, Athena Rising, which is about men mentoring women. No, I have not read that. I definitely will pick that up. More men need to do that. Yeah. Uh, or willing to. Uh, Grit, mm-hmm. um, Angela Duckworth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony Bridwell's uh, Saturday Morning Tea. Mm. those are all um, some amazing books and that 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 one last one is just a really short quick read but fun uh, fun read nice and 
Mallory Heron, she's actually um, a CEO of Heron HR. Okay. She wrote a book called Intentional HR, uh-huh. A Revolution in Strategic Thinking. And Ooh. that should be coming out next month. Oh, that sounds really good. I'm looking forward to that. Wow. Okay, so if we can get as many links as we can, we'll put them in the episode so that you can go download or and listen to the podcast. And I think this is the first time in a while we've had someone recommend so many podcasts. So thank you so much for sharing that. So let me ask you this. If you could give advice to your younger self, what would you say? Hmm. I would say, don't be afraid to be your authentic self. Be true to who you are. Embrace that oddballness. Mm-hmm. Um, and know that you're not the only one that's an oddball. So it's okay. That's what yeah. <laughs> right? we I love that. So in, embrace it, embrace yeah. it um, and, and be open to new ideas, mm-hmm. um, but stay true to your own values. Oh my goodness. Now you're going to take me on my, um, my Dr. Zeus rant and you're going to know how much I love Dr. Zeus. <laughs> but as you were saying that, I just remembered this one thing, um, where he says, you are you, that is truer than true. Believe that there's nobody youer than you. And I love that. So when you, as you were saying that, it just reminded me of Dr. Zeus. Let me ask you the big question. Sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, no, no. I, I love Dr. Zeus. <laughs> you like Dr. Zeus too? <laughs> okay, I'm not alone. So the big question, what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you would like to set the record straight on right here, right now? HR is not, nor should it be, the police of a company. (sighs) What it is, is, or in my opinion, it should be the foundation that supports great companies, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, it is responsible for setting various policies and procedures but those are to protect the people, the true stakeholders, the people, your assets of a company. Mm-hmm. It's to protect them, right? Mm-hmm. And so HR should be a place where employees can turn to when they don't know where to go. It should be, you know, helping them find the resources that are available to them and get them the help that they need to yeah. be successful. That's what HR is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My goodness. It's so funny. I was reading a post just before um, I came to record with you and it was about the same question that I had asked someone else because it's the question that I ask at the end of every show and someone else was sharing it with their network saying, this is the question that I asked them. And this was how they answered it. And they were asking people like, what are your thoughts on the different misconceptions? And someone said, I'm still, I'm completely saddened to still hear that people believe that HR is the police of the organization. We are the termination police and the policy police no that is not who we are but yet so many people believe this um to their core that this is who we are but it's it's not the it's not it's not even a fraction Mm -hmm. of who we are and what we do and and if they believe that i'm i feel really sad for the companies that they work for because that means honestly it means their hr team hasn't done enough yeah it hasn't done enough to change that perception and, and they may not all on HR. It could be from the over the leadership overall Yes, is forcing HR to be that. Yes. And that's sad. That is, that's, that's, that, that really is disheartening to hear. It is. Um, and it needs to change. 
Absolutely. It's definitely something that we need to work on. But you know, like with every misconception, you know that they occur because there is some measure of truth to them or it's somebody's experience that they have had. So it's like misconception and perception can be like one and can go together because it's someone's perception. Therefore, it is their reality that does not make it fact. Therefore, it can be a misconception. But if that's your experience, no one can take that away from you. It's just how do we how do we deal with that? to make it better yeah Heidi you have survived your time in the sound booth thank you so much for being here today and having this conversation with me I appreciate you so much for for saying yes and for coming on the show and having this conversation I wish you your book and the sales of your book every success and great opportunity to continue to learn more about you and network with you Um, thank you once again. Thank you, Julie. It has been amazing to be on your show. And I love how you bring global HR to everyone, just the the joy of you. I can't wait to to continue sharing how you get the word out of why why HR is important and why it needs to change and um, why we need need to embrace it, why we need to embrace it. So you do an amazing job on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Sponsors Ability CBT and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.